From Troy Public Radio, this is the Storyline Book Series from In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. This is Native American Heritage Month, and our featured book is called Foul Town. Co-author Rachel Conrad will tell us the meaning of the name of this Lower Creek Indian community in southwest Georgia. The Battle of Fowltown took place the week of November 21, 1817, and has been described as the spark that ignited a 40-year war. Rachel Conrad, I'm so delighted to welcome you back to Troy Public Radio during Native American Heritage Month by Skype from Dothan. Thank you for having me. You are co-author of a book called Fowltown about the first battle of the Seminole Wars. You yourself have Creek heritage. Can you tell me about that? Yes, I do have Creek heritage, and it's something I hold very dear to my heart. It wasn't cool to be an Indian many years ago, but it is today, and what we can recover from history is really important. So my great-grandmother was adopted into my family and married into white culture and it was pretty much erased her lineage because it wasn't acceptable to be an Indian back then. So they tried to cover that up. And that has happened in a lot of different places, including Holmes County, Florida. You would say you were either white or black and not Indian. And people keep changing the name of Indians or Native Americans, keep making up new names, and we lose more and more history. Thankfully, you and your co-author, Dale Cox, have written a book called Fowltown about the First Battle of the Seminole Wars, in which you say that the Battle of Fowltown was one of the most significant military actions in American history. What does the name mean? So Fowltown, Tutulosi Talofa, it's basically Chicken Town. And where is it located? So it's in southwest Georgia. It is a beautiful spot. It's near today's Bainbridge, Georgia. You say in the book that this was a five-year war over Native American land, homes, and way of life. What happened? So there was a lot of tension on the forgotten frontier. The United States thought it would be a good idea to go and capture Neomothla and have him make this meeting that he was not even a party to. These U.S. troops approached the town in the middle of night to peacefully capture Neomothla, and shots were fired. That is how the First Seminole War started. Rachel, wasn't Neomothla a war chief at one of the villages of Fowltown? Yes. So Neomothla is the chief warrior of Fowltown, and he's like the leader in spirit, and he is very fiery. They lean on him for direction. So it was all about this tension on the southern frontier because the Fort Mims massacre, the Battle of Burnt Corn Creek going back and forth between the Native Americans and the whites. You say that Fowltown in this book was the spark that ignited a 40-year war. So after Fowltown, the Scott Battle of 1817 happened, Battle of Ochizi, we call that the First Seminole War. But the Native Americans view it as a a long series because the conflict, you know, just had breaks in between. Even before then, the battles that you mentioned, controversy and fighting follows everywhere they go. And even when he moves around, it follows. And the Treaty of Fort Jackson, which was signed, 
with Andrew Jackson at Fort Toulouse-Jackson. This ceded Creek lands, but the Seminoles were not party to that treaty, were they? No, and Neomotha said, you know, I wasn't a part of that treaty, but they tried to weasel their way in, and he stood firm, and he said, I'm directed by the powers above to defend my land and will do so. And he stood strong to that. Neomotha was not a part of the treaty, and he never claimed to be a part of the treaty. He didn't sway, even under fire. And they attacked Fowltown twice, the second time to get corn. And this is right at the end of the time period known as the year without a summer. It's roughly three years when a volcano erupted in the islands and put a whole bunch of ash in the air. It changed the climate. So it was cold for those roughly three years, and so it impacted the crops. So at Fort Scott, they were really low on food, and so that added to their second attempt at, at capturing Neomothla about that treaty you were mentioning. And so when they go and people aren't there, they start loading up the corn. Warriors came over open ground to defend the last of their food supply and were shot down, and it was really intense. Can you sum up what happened in this important battle? Sure. So Fowltown was attacked twice, and uh, Neomothla and his followers fought valiantly. Fowltown did not survive, but uh, Neomothla and his warriors stood firm. And it's an important part of American history. This altercation is what started the First Seminole War. It was not sparked by the Native Americans. The U.S. started the First Seminole War. Rachel, in all of your research, tell me, If the Seminole Indians are the only Indians in the United States who were not conquered. I would say as a major large group, as a combination of groups, absolutely yes. There are some other small groups that hid out and never surrendered as well, the Yuchi being one of them, and some other groups that have been lost. Their names wouldn't be known to the general public today, but the Seminoles did fight and never surrender. Were they originally called Lower Creek Indians? In other words, there were some red stick warrior factions literally driven by the whites into Florida, into the swamps. Is this what happened to them? Yes. So in the book, we make the convoluted very clear and by giving you firsthand accounts. And so there's letters and documents that follow the trail of different groups of Indians as they were forced down from Alabama. And so this book, The Foul Town, talks about Indians from Georgia, Alabama, and Florida as all of this controversy was happening and how they did survive by going into swamps and different places. There are some characters in this book, one of which is William Augustus Bowles. And briefly, who was he? Yes, William Augustus Bowles was quite a character. He was with the British military, and they basically booted him out of that. He joins up with Native Americans in the southeastern United States, and he just develops basically his own country, the state of Muskogee. And he is a charismatic fellow, and he goes all over the world convincing people of his grand plans. He has his own flag in the state of Muskogee, beautiful flag. He just has these visions of grandeur that sometimes pan out and sometimes don't. (laughs) But um, he is important to our tradition and adopted many Native American ways. And as I understand it from your book, 
He died in prison. He was considered a privateer or a pirate. That even adds to the legend. There is a very poignant paragraph in your book, Foul Town, and I want you to share it. It represents sort of the spirit of the Creek Nation. I would love to. The old chief raised the red stick one last time during the Creek War of 1836. He did not wish to be moved to a new home west of the Mississippi and fought alongside the Hichiti, Uchi, and a few other outnumbered towns against the armies of Georgia, Alabama, and the United States. Neomotha was captured and taken as a prisoner to Fort Mitchell, where he was placed in chains. It is said that he never murmured a complaint, but stoically walked the trail of tears to Oklahoma that winter, a Creek warrior to the last. Well, I want to thank you for being our guest today during Native American Heritage Month. Well, I appreciate you having me. Joining us by Skype was Rachel Conrad Cox, co-author with Dale Cox of the book Foul Town in our Storyline book series. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is a podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.